Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, where we are a guy and a girl who just really love to talk all things sports. Even in a time when there's not a lot of live sports happening, we will always find something to talk about or someone to interview, so make sure you're tuning in every Monday and every Thursday if you love sports as much as we do. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. We know that there's some amazing sports podcasts out there to listen to, so we really appreciate it. And like we always say, if you enjoy this episode, leave it a rating, leave it a review, and don't forget to subscribe for every single episode to come. And if you want a little daily fix of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, GG Talk Sports. So let's get into today's highlights. Hey everybody, welcome back. As we promised in our last episode, we wanted to make sure we took another few minutes to do our due diligence about the George Floyd situation, all the injustices to the black community, everything going on with the conversation around racism in the United States because we just don't want to be silent on the matter and we have not been over on our Instagram. We're making sure that we're part of the conversation, showing our support and just it's kind of crazy to me that in 2020 we are still having these conversations um, we've been watching documentaries, movies that flash back to 100 years ago, 60 years ago, like such long periods of time ago that look almost exactly like the world that we're living in right now and the situations that are going on right now considering protests and police brutality. This is something that's been going on for such a long time that it just blows my mind that it still exists. And obviously, we do not understand because we are not somebody who has to be fearful of getting pulled over. We're not somebody who has to be fearful to go for a run. We're not somebody who has to be fearful in the situations that no human should ever be fearful in. So we just want to take a minute to say that we are going to continue to bring this up. We're going to continue to educate ourselves around the situation, see what we can actually do to make a change because we are 100% on board with being part of the solution because it's way past time for this to be solved. This just blows my mind that we even still have to talk about that but it's way past time that this is the way that things need to be. Yeah, I know. You, I mean, you said it spot on. I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because you said it so beautifully and perfectly, and I'm 100% behind you on that. And so, but with that being said, you know, this is an ongoing discussion. This isn't something that just needs to be spoken about and protested about for a day, a week. This is something that needs to be addressed daily, monthly, until the issue is just done and absolved. And equality is all around yeah. And and that's just kind of what we have to say about that. So we're going to make this an ongoing discussion in our podcast. It's not just going to be something that we address one time. Um, we're going to have probably questions with interviewees and people that we speak with about this on our podcast because we think it's something that needs to be addressed. And we think it's something that we can use our platform to potentially spread and educate and listen and learn. Yep. So that's that's pretty much it guys that's kind of what we had to say and what we wanted to say so with that being said we're going to kind of jump into our next segment and that is the gg of the episode so steph tell everybody what the gg of the episode is real quick so the gg of the episode is usually a moment in time when we call somebody out on doing something dumb doing something stupid doing something they shouldn't have been doing and we usually try and bring some comic relief to a situation that was just a big fat l that we're handing out to somebody so it's basically a big fat l for somebody who did something stupid yeah, and so this big fat L is kind of going out to every single sport, every single sporting event besides Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, to be specific. <laughs> to be very specific. So I was scrolling through Instagram and I had a discussion or a conversation with one of our followers and I saw that Wimbledon took out pandemic insurance about a decade ago. So essentially what they were doing was they spent around $1.9 million per year in pandemic insurance. And well, obviously guys, we are in a pandemic 
they cashed out a check for almost $142 million. And how much did they actually spend in that insurance, like in their like their fee? They spent $1.9 million per year for two decades. Yeah, so 30-something million dollars to cash out for over $100 million. I, I think say... it was $32 million to be close or exact over like 17 years or something like that. Okay, so then clearly their investment was well worth it because during this pandemic when they could not have Wimbledon in its normal timing... They went ahead and cashed out for over $100 million. And RGG is to everybody else who did not have pandemic insurance. Like, all of these leagues are making so much money, and they have plenty to put into something like this. How could you never expect it to be a pandemic? I mean, probably people didn't expect it in this drastic of a capacity, but stuff happens, and I feel like it would be worth it. So GG for everybody who didn't have pandemic insurance. I mean, shaking my head. Like, honestly, I just don't understand it. And also, this is my one thing. So... More than likely, these lawyers talk, or somehow or another, they follow one another's sporting events and yeah. sports. I'm pretty sure probably one of them saw that Wimbledon paid for pandemic insurance, so... Why would you not follow suit? I facts. Know. I don't know, but... That's GG, my one question. Like, you yeah. saw and you probably knew that they were paying pandemic insurance, so why would you have not have, I don't know, jumped on board? Like, clearly they were not suffering from paying $1.9 million a year. No, and now they're definitely not suffering during this pandemic, so... I and everybody this else is, like, is. This is like a GG, like a good game. But think about it. In. The MLB... Oh, God, here we go. I like that, though. Yeah, that is true. Like a, like a genuine GG. Like a genuine GG. Like, they game. won. GG. Yeah. Good game. They yeah, won. I know. But I will say this. Think about this. The MLB, if they would have had this protection, probably would be playing right now, right? Have, like, they probably could have paid their players. And they would be playing because this is... At the heart of the problem, money. Yeah. Which we're about to get into in this episode, which kind of leads us perfectly into what we're about to talk about, which is, one, there are some updates in sports coming back, but in giving those updates, we're also going to discuss how we feel these sports are going to be impacted by COVID-19 going forward, because there's a lot of change, obviously, happening and maybe even long-lasting impacts. Exactly. So let's get into today's topic, which is COVID times sports equals question mark because we don't know (laughs) but we're going to talk about it because we have a couple of answers that we i don't know we're going to spitball them out and see what you guys think so i just want to kind of start big picture real quick overall kind of how do you think sports are going to be handled since i know that honestly if you break it down the vast majority of american sports are going to be starting at the exact same time which means that all of these seasons all of these televised games are going to be conflicting and battling with one another and then when the season's over with well they're going to start right back up at the exact same time, more than likely, unless they change things up and have to have a longer break period for some sports or whatever. But if you just kind of stay on the trend that they're at, all of these sports are going to be competing with one another. So somebody's going yeah. to fall. Yeah, so I definitely think that, especially once the NFL starts up, there's going to be so much overlap in seasons that we don't normally see. Even at this point in time, by the time that the NBA and the MLB and MLS, all in NHL for that matter, all start up at the same time basically in july those are four leagues that don't normally overlap like you do not normally have the nba at the end of july like that's just not how it works so there's like you said usually shifts in who has contracts with which outlets and all the above which has been a big conversation but i think it's going to actually prove the conversation the question that we've posed several times as to what the best and most popular sports are in america yeah because the viewership is going to dictate who gets that spot on the major cable networks, and it's going to dictate 
who stays on air and who gets the most plays because it's going to be based on viewership. So we'll really see what the most popular sport is, I would say. Yeah, no, I agree. I will say, though, I think that a lot of it has to do with behind-the-scenes kind of legal, I don't know. Contracts, maybe. Contracts and discussions and media agreements because at the end of the day, if you're going to break it down like that, the NFL will spank everybody's ass because they have the biggest media contract. Well, maybe not. I would have to do my background and due diligence, but I would say that the NFL is probably the highest in terms of media contracts and then probably the NBA, if I was going to guess. Yeah. MLB might be close. I would say, I would probably argue that the NFL is the biggest media contract per game because the period of time is so much shorter than like an NBA or an MLB season, so I guarantee per game it's the biggest. That is a great point. But with that being said, let's kind of jump into sport by sport because I'm really interested. This is something that we've both been very fascinated about and really wanted to talk about on the podcast. So we're excited to kind of dive into this. And I just kind of want to plug our Instagram because if you guys ever do want to have this conversation with us, hit us up on Instagram. All of our followers can probably relate. We're very responsive. We love to have sports conversations and just conversations in general. So it is GG Talk Sports. But Steph, you've been craving this, chomping at the bit to talk about this, and normally you're not a big MLB fan, but whenever it's no. something that's very interesting, <laughs> yeah. like if the MLB's ever going to come back, yeah. you're all on board. So let's dive into it. Tell us a little bit about the MLB, because I think something new just happened. Yes, yeah, so I think actually in our last episode we talked about, or maybe it was the one before that, that um, like the owners and the basically the other side of the conversation other than the players' union said they weren't going to put out another proposal. They were going to stick with the proposal they put out. And then the players' union said they didn't like it. They needed a new proposal. And then basically the owners and everybody involved decided to put out a new proposal, which they put out on Monday, which is now focused on a 48-game season. So what they're saying is that there's a potential 48-game season. And then within this proposal, this would include potential earnings that could cover up to 75% of players' prorated salaries over a 76-game season. So that's about $1.432 billion in total compensation. I think we need to talk about that, though, because there's a lot of little words in that statement and phrase. So that would be, so the $1.432 billion is how much they would make over the 76-game season. So then of that, $989 million would be in straight salary, and then $443 million is if the playoffs even take place. So there's like a big if. There too. And I also do want to say that, once again, that's a generalization. So what players are going to lose out on this money? Because at the end of the day, they're they're taking chunks from certain places and and players. Yeah. And it's not exactly a fine – it's a little gray. Yeah, there's a lot of gray still. And I think, to your point a minute ago, the entirety of the decision is based around the money, which is the part that feels so gray. Because to your point, it's like, okay, so then – to the 75% affects some players so much greater than other players because yeah. 75% on certain salaries is a lot more than on other salaries. So I just I think that you're right. There's so much gray area, and I think that if they don't agree to this proposal, like I just don't even know where they can go from here because I just think that it's a disaster at this point. No, yeah, I agree. So I have two things. The second one's a question that I wanted to ask you, but the first thing was we were listening to Get Up, first take something along those lines on ESPN or a podcast and they were talking about how if I'm the MLB right now or the NFL or any organization and I'm that owner you should be able to swallow your pride right now and understand that I'm in a pandemic but at the end of the day 
knock on wood, pray to God, this pandemic's not going to be forever. Yeah. There is going to be a regular, or I don't know, parentheses, regular days again ahead of us. Yeah. And so if I'm an owner, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, all right, I'm fine with taking a pay cut or a loss for a year or two. Yeah. Because in the long run, in the scheme of things, I'm going to make my money back. Because as a player, you look at this and you say, all right, look, I have a certain amount of years to play. We get that. As an owner, you don't. Yeah. You have a limited amount of years to play the game. Yeah. And so I, I don't know who it was, but whoever it was, thank you for this point. They yeah. said, if you can't afford that right now, maybe you shouldn't be an owner. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like if you can't give up some of your cushion to make sure that your sport and your team still exist in two years, I also think that that just makes you a bad investor too yeah. at the end of the day. Like if you can't invest in your team and in your players, then to that same point, you shouldn't be an owner either. And I do want to say that's a generalization in all of sports, not just the MLB. But this is the second point that I wanted to ask you, and this is very MLB tailored, is do you think this is going to hinder the perception of the MLB? And potentially if it hinders it, will it make the MLB less popular? Um, I absolutely think that it will. I think that you're going to have like your core MLB fans who will always be baseball fans because they're just diehard. But I think that there's a big chunk of viewers who just are sports lovers. They tune into the MLB. And to your point, when they have the choice of watching baseball, watching basketball, or watching football, they're not going to choose to watch baseball, which I think at the end of the day, that viewer can now be converted to a different sport because you're losing out on that viewership. And I think over the long run, yeah, it's definitely going to hinder their like popularity. And I think just their, like you're, you were saying too, is like their perception in general, because you realize what you're fighting over right now. Like you're yeah. fighting over a shit ton of money when there's so many people who have none. So I think that's going to piss a lot of people off because you're just sitting here arguing over money when it's a time and place when there's so many people who don't even have like a percentage of what you're fighting over. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. That's a fantastic point. And I think that'll kind of wrap up our discussion, honestly, with the MLB and kind of bring us into, well, well wait, actually... What do you think? You didn't answer. Do you think it's going to hinder their perception? I think the MLB's perception has been hindered ever since the scandal. I yeah, mean, personally, I think ever since the scandal happened, and that wasn't even the first scandal that the MLB's withstood. So I think that the MLB's perception has been going downhill way before the pandemic and that's not me just hating on baseball that's just me being a realist because if you look at it that's just what everybody else is saying and what everybody else feels don't get me wrong i love playoff baseball i'm a big baseball fan going to the games eating a hot dog having a brew you i'm sold yeah tell me where and when but the problem is that baseball's changed their perception to the world yeah and when you do that you kill a lot of customers at the end of the day it's a business yeah and they're slowly killing their their customers and their clientele. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about the UFC real quick yeah. because, and I know that UFC was the last thing we were going to talk about, but I want to, this point kind of jumped out to me. Think about the UFC has been able to do. They have the exact opposite. Exactly. But think about this. They have gone through all of their fighters. By the time that all of the actual sporting events are back up and running, they're not going to be fighting for airtime because all of their fights are going to be done. Yeah. I mean, it's ingenious what Dana White has been able to do and been able to capitalize on because if you think about it, in the history of sports, no solo man sports organization has been able to have the success that he has been able to have and compete against the big dogs. Yeah. And right now, 
I think this pandemic has 100% favored the UFC over almost any other sporting organization. Yeah, I think that they're doing exactly the opposite of what the MLB is doing, and they're turning their tides in another direction, and it's going up. I'm not to say that they were going down, but I just think that they're gaining more and more fans. We were talking about it last week, and when we were watching the fights, it's like, there is literally a fight a card every single Saturday. Like every Saturday we can count on the UFC basically to have fights live for us to watch. And I think by being able to do that, um, you've heard several fighters talk about how they wish they would have gotten paid more money, but they were willing to accept less money, like just to get out there and to fight. And I think that that is like the mentality that you're not seeing maybe from some other organizations. And they were just willing to get out there and fight and entertain and provide the sport that we all want to, we all want to watch. Yeah, given it's such a smaller scale. I mean, oh, once sure. again, like we always both said, it's a solo man sport. So it's a little easier to argue and come back. And, it's like a one-on-one -on -one it contract. It's not like ex a, a contract affecting the entirety of a league. Exactly. But I will say the UFC has done a fantastic job capitalizing on a pandemic, which is so shitty to say, but it's just the utmost truth. It's not like they did it in a negative way. It's just no, what they've yeah. been able to do. But I want to jump into the NBA because if you guys haven't, we would love for you to check out our latest podcast after you're done listening to this one, of course. But we got to sit down with the MVP podcast and just kind of discuss some basketball, who we think might win the NBA playoffs. A little spoiler alert, there were two that said Eastern Conference teams, two that said Western Conference teams. Go give it a listen and, and then also hit us up on Instagram, GG Talk Sports, and let us know who you think is going to win. But the NBA put out a format just recently, and if you didn't listen to the recent podcast episode, I'm going to re-say it again. It's a 22-team format. Every single team is going to play eight games before the actual playoffs start. And if the lower-seeded teams come within four games of the eighth seed, they will play a play-in tourney. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm very excited about this. But I want to have our COVID discussion before we actually jump into the playoff discussion because we kind of had that already. Yeah. And that is, what are we going to do about every single other team that is not going to be playing for these next nine months? So, yeah, there are eight teams who are excluded from this continuation of this season who will end up going about nine months without playing a competitive game of basketball between when COVID hit and they basically put the season on hiatus and when the 2020 season begins, which is pretty much insane because that's nine whole months without playing a competitive game of basketball. And I'm just curious as to how those nine months will affect the players on those teams. Warriors going to win it all next year. I mean, they're going to be so healthy. Think about that. I know, because, I mean... And they get a top 10. They get a lotto pick. And they get a top 5 pick, probably. I know. I think they're definitely going to come back super strong. I do think that there's, like, some older players, which we talked about this whenever we were talking about the Olympics kind of getting pushed off to next year, too. Like, nine months is a significant period of time, especially if you're, like, on the last season or two of your career. Like, Boogie Cousins? That, it, yeah, that could be pushing or forcing some players into retirement. Andre I mean, Iguodala. I know. It could be creating some situations that aren't super favorable, but... It's just crazy to think that now, because of COVID-19, there will be players who, once again, go nine whole months without playing a game of basketball in the NBA, which is, like, unheard of. It's crazy. I, It's going to be interesting to see how these teams handle it, because a lot of these younger teams can either use this as a stepping stone and a learning curve or a learning time period for them to build and get better. Yeah. Or you'll see a lot of these teams kind of dissipate yeah. and kind of break apart and probably have to start rebuilding. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's just the honest truth about it all. I agree. I think that this, I was already watching, so I followed Devontae Graham on Instagram, and I was already watching. Oh, yeah, he's in that spot. That's right. Yeah, I was watching um, just a lot of his Instagram stories and, like, how hard he's working, and he's friends with several of the players on his team as well, and I just think that 
that's a team. I think. Oh, you calling it? Yeah, call it. I think they're absolutely going to go to the playoffs next year. Oh, next year. Okay. Okay. Yep. I don't know. They're not going to win it by any means, but no. I think that they'll definitely make it's gonna the It's going to be playoffs. Nets and Warriors, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, so I think. That's um, going to get a lot of people that listen probably pretty pissed off. Maybe. But I think that um, the Charlotte Hornets are a team that could really kind of maybe come out the other and better from not playing because they do have such a young squad. That's but a great point. As long as Malik Monk strains up, sadly, he's a he's back from hometown um, friend, I guess, uh, acquaintance of yeah. ours. Um, so I'm hoping the best to him. I hope he can come back, bounce back, and have a great... He's no longer suspended. So Okay, so that's good to know. Yeah. That's great to know. So thank you for that. Um, but with that being said, I think it's just going to be fascinating to see how these teams weather this weird nine-month no basketball well, storm. And then also the players who are playing will have such a short window between this season ending and the next one starting. So it's all just going to be weird. We'll have to see how it plays and out. And the draft also, you got to think about it, the draft period for a player getting drafted to being on the team and the, and the actual game starting for next season is going to be all short. Yep. So it's weird. Because so they definitely... did officially announce that the draft will be pushed back until the end of this new version of the season yeah. too. So that's a good point also. But like we said, go check out the latest episode that we did with the MVP podcast. It is, I think, episode 45. I think it's actually Actually, the episode right before this one. So check it out to see who we think is going to win. We're going to jump into NFL real quick, and then we'll finish up with a little bit of the MLS because they are the first sport. That's back. crazy to say, by the way. I know. Who would have thought? But first off, the NFL, I want to talk about this real quick. They just put in a couple of new parameters in place for whenever players actually decide to come back and are allowed back into the stadiums. Yeah. So lockers are now six feet apart. They have to wear a mask unless they are doing athletic activities. And all meetings are going to be virtual when possible. They didn't announce a hard date for the players to return, so that's still kind of TBD. Yeah. But I do want to – they still have a ton of time. But I do want to kind of talk about if there's going to be fans. So I want to get your take on if you think there's going to be fans. And if you do think there are, what explain to me like? what you think it would look like. So in my opinion, I think that the NFL will try to have fans in the stadiums just because I think that it's such a fan-based sport. And I think that they're going to use, which is like a random stretch, but I think they're going to use the NASCAR test of having fans in the stadiums um, as their kind of telltale if it's going to work. Because if you think about it, when you're watching NASCAR, you're outside, you are in an open, like, I mean, not all NFL stadiums are open ceiling, but a lot of them have the possibility to be. So you're in open air. It's a bowl. Yeah. It's a similar sort of format, and the NASCAR and NASCAR is actually bringing fans back starting next week. So hopefully, with no Confederate flags, let's just say that yeah, real quick. Let's, let's ban that, that shit. Yeah, um, get that shit. Continue. Out. Sorry, just had to you know kind of caveat yes, that in. That's a very important caveat. Um, but basically, they're going to bring fans back. You're going to have to keep your six feet social distance. You have to get your temperature taken as you go in. So they're putting a lot of parameters in place. So I definitely think that um, the NFL is going to use NASCAR, which I never really thought that those two would ever be correlated in a sentence together. But I think that they're going to use NASCAR as kind of like the guinea pig for having fans in the stands. Um, oh, that kind of rhymed. Oh, MC Steph <laughs> over here, y'all. So I think that they could kind of use that as guidance for what their situation could look like because I do think that they will want fans in the stands. Yes, yeah, so no, I agree with you. I think that the NFL will try and have fans in the stands. See, MC Chat over here. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but I think it's for a different reason. You said it's because the NFL is fan-based, and they 100% are. I agree. But I think the NFL is more money-based than anything. Oh, sure. And without fans, let's just be honest with ourselves, the they NFL does not make as much money as they normally do. So I think that's probably the number one reason. Don't get me wrong. 
Roger Goodell will sell you hard on fans as the number two, maybe even tied number one. But at the end of the day, I think it's probably the money-based reason. But I think that they will try and have fans. I don't know necessarily what it's going to look like. I think you're probably onto something with the six feet apart. Maybe they'll move seating to where there's only seats within six feet, so you don't have any other choice but to sit away from they one another. just remove the bottom of the seat from all of So then somebody would have to stand. Oh, no, I see what you're saying. In between. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like remove the seats from everywhere so they're just standing. I'm like, that defeats the whole no, purpose. No, no, no. On the seats that can't be used, so there's a distance between. They should just take the bottom flap off. There you go. Solution, everybody. See, why don't they Anyways, pay you the big bucks for that? I don't know. But, okay, we'll see. I guess if they have fans. I think the priority for them at this point is making sure they have a season so they can figure out the fans after that. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's jump into the MLS real quick and kind of wrap up this whole episode talking about COVID and sports because... The MLS is actually the first American team sporting organization to open back up. And essentially what they are going to have is a big tournament style comeback, I guess is kind of what they're calling it. It's going to consist of 54 matches, 26 teams, and there's going to be six groups. Yeah. And it starts July 8th and it goes through August 11th. Where do you think it's going to be held at? I think we said this on the last podcast too, but good old Orlando is just attracting everybody in the world and all the sports organizations. But can we say that I am interested to see if this holds up? And the only reason that I say that is because from reports and everything that we've discussed, Florida's been rising in case numbers ever since everything opened back up. So I'm a little worried that sporting events and sporting players might see these numbers and kind of be like, eh, you know. We're putting them at a lot of risk by taking them to a place that's considered a new hotspot in a new, like, wave of Exactly. So I don't want to get too excited. Yeah. But I'm also... Because that's, like, two weeks away. Exactly. So I want to just say that, you know, there is a little caveat in there that this still might not happen. I I never wish that upon it. But at the same time, I never wish (laughs) harm or sickness upon anyone. So if it's going to do that, then let's maybe back up and kind of postpone it. But we're going to see what happens. But I do want to kind of talk more about it because as of right now, it is a go. And one of the interesting points or topics I want to kind of talk about is that these games are actually going to count towards your regular season points. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. That's a nice little caveat that says like, all right, don't just treat this as a warm up. This is actually... This is going to be beneficial towards you. Yeah, for your season. I like that a lot, and I think it makes a lot of sense because, as we spoke before, like the MLS was really just starting their season the second that everything shut down. So I think this is a good way to kind of quickly make up some ground on their season so they're not having to cut out a ton of games. They can kind of just get a big round robin going and have a lot of games kind of caught back up. Yeah, exactly. And also it gives them a little bit of a point-based system to kind of start the season. So it's almost like the season didn't just start right away from 0-0. You kind of had a little building block or a base to start with, which I really like. So kind of hats off to the MLS on making that whole thing happen. But the one thing that we are always more fascinated about than anything is how they're going to handle the health of the players and all that good stuff. So apparently what they've put out is they're going to do comprehensive COVID testing. They're going to do temperature screenings, enhanced cleaning and disinfecting, and then social distancing, of course. Yeah. I do want to say my one caveat because I disagree with this. You can't really social distance when you're on the soccer field because you're playing soccer. Yeah, you're hitting each other. You're running into each other. You're not hitting. I mean, I'm not. you're not punching people, but you're like hitting them with your body. Yeah, I know. I agree. You're not six feet away from each other passing the soccer ball back and forth. It's actually a soccer game. It's a contact sport still. Like, you're still coming in contact with other humans throughout it. Exactly. So I'm interested to see kind of how that plays out because if they're going to just kind of put them in a bubble, then all right, that'll work. If they're not in a bubble, things can get sketchy and 
kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's going to kind of wrap up our discussion, though, on this whole COVID times sports equals question mark. Hopefully the question mark is a little bit more filled in for you guys. We know that it's not fully filled in because at the end of the day, we really don't know what COVID's going to do tomorrow. Yeah. So hopefully we can figure out more. Hopefully sports does come back and hopefully we get some sort of regularity for this year's sporting events. I agree, but we just wanted to give you an update and some thoughts on kind of the impacts that COVID might have on sports long term. We will continue to keep you updated as we hear more like Chad said, but once again, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Make sure you're tuning into our Instagram as well, GG Talk Sports, because we do give a lot more regular updates over there as well. And there's lots of conversations going on about, for example, who's going to win the NBA playoffs and a lot more conversations around sports coming back in general. So make sure you're tuning in. And as always, make sure you leave a review, leave a rating, and stay subscribed. Because our next guest is an athletic director from a D1 university, and we had a fantastic conversation with him. So like Steph said, subscribe so you can get the latest update when that episode is posted. And of course, like we always say, thank you so much to everybody and anybody on the front lines or anybody doing their part right now during this crazy time of ours. We really appreciate you guys. Have a great one.